Welcome back to Soul Inspiring Business. I'm glad you're here. In today's episode, I'm talking to Tim Fitzpatrick, CEO and founder of Rialto Marketing. Like many entrepreneurs, Tim's path was not straight. And today we explore a deep dive into Tim's story as an entrepreneur, which is really a lesson in resilience and learning how to shift when the world changes. Certainly a much needed message at the current time. Tim offers valuable insights into his business successes, how to stay focused on the big picture and avoid getting caught in the weeds, key marketing strategies to help you grow with less stress. And he also shares a special gift just for you, just with our listeners. This gift is packed with amazing content designed to help you craft a marketing message that resonates with your ideal client. A little background on Tim. He has over 20 plus years of entrepreneurial experience with a passion for developing and growing businesses. He operated and managed a wholesale distribution company he co-owned for nine years, growing the company on average 60% per year, which led to its ultimate acquisition. Using all he's learned, things that worked and things that didn't, Tim built his current company, Rialto Marketing, to help the business owner that may feel stuck in the day-to-day details of the business. The business owner that's overwhelmed with information overload and perhaps unsure of how to manage their marketing and message. Rialto's goal is to simplify marketing so your business grows with less stress, helping create and implement a plan to communicate the right message and attract your ideal clients. If you're an entrepreneur, business owner, aspiring entrepreneur, this message is meant to inspire you forward. Know that along the entrepreneurial journey, there are many paths and your job is to remain open to the journey, learn, grow, and ultimately use your talents and gifts in a way that gives you more joy in the day-to-day. And it all starts now. I'm Kara, and welcome to Soul Inspiring Business. I believe that all of us possess unique gifts and talents that allow us to serve the world and our own growth in the highest possible way. Our lives are an expression of our thoughts, beliefs, and actions. And here, we will explore businesses, thought leaders, and topics designed to inspire, helping propel your own growth so you can live your best and most purposeful life. Welcome to Soul Inspiring Business. All right, so I am thrilled to welcome Tim Fitzpatrick to the show. Welcome, Tim. Kara, thanks for having me. I'm uh, excited to, to dig into this today. Yeah, me too. Well, and as we mentioned, Tim is the CEO and president of Rialto Marketing. And you're an entrepreneur by heart, right? I was reading, you know, in your background, you've always kind of had that entrepreneurial bug. um, And we'll dig into that a little bit. Um, Now, of course, through your company, you're helping people create better systems for their marketing, really helping them grow. And I'm excited to, you know, delve into that a little bit more as well. Um, But You know, I'm curious about the entrepreneurial bug because I know that, you know, you hear that phrase a lot. I've always kind of been an entrepreneur at heart, but like, what does that mean? When did it start? Were you like that at age five or, you know, how did that, um, (laughs) how did that play out for you? Yeah. So I, um, I was not entrepreneurial as a kid, you know, I, I didn't really know what that was really. Um, you know, I mean, I was always very driven, 
you know, I wanted to get good grades, right? But when I was a kid, my biggest concern was, you know, playing soccer, hanging out with my friends, having fun, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I when I when I graduated from college, so I was a math major in college. I'd always been good with numbers. Wasn't sure what I wanted to do. So I said, well, I'll, you know, I'll major in math. I'm, I can apply that to all kinds of different disciplines. So when I graduated, I still, I was like, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do. My dad had been an entrepreneur for years. He was a manufacturer's rep, um, which for those people who don't know, he's basically a middleman, right? He's taken orders from dealers sending them to the factory and the manufacturer, and he's making a commission for that. That's basically what it is in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had started a distribution company that was related to that, his manufacturer's rep business a couple of years before I graduated. He had no full-time employees. All the people that were working for the distribution company were working for his rep company. And I knew he needed some help. And I said, you know, hey, dad, look, I have no idea what the home I'm going to do. Let me work for you for the summer, help you out. I can interview for some jobs, give me some time to get on my feet. And he was like, okay, cool. You know, so I worked that summer. I went on some job interviews. Nothing was really hitting with me. And at the end of the summer, I'm like, man, I love this. I don't really want to do anything else. I was learning a ton. I loved the, we were selling home theater equipment. Mm-hmm. So I loved the equipment. I was learning all about that and the integration. I was talking to dealers. I was just having a blast. And I said, look, I don't, if you'll have me, I would like to keep doing this. And he said, yeah, absolutely. So I ma- I was the first full-time employee. I managed the distribution company on a day-to-day basis. He, it was really, I mean, it was, a, it was a great experience for me because he, he trusted me, obviously. He gave me the autonomy to do what I needed to do on a daily basis. And, you know, he was a mentor to me. And mm-hmm. I, I worked with him on strategy, high-level stuff. But day-to-day, I just did my thing. Mm-hmm. And so he just, you know, for lack of a better term, just pulled the training wheels off and let me go. Wow. Um, That's special that that could be with your, with your dad too. You it, know, not well, every dad would be able to, to be that hands off maybe, you know? Yeah. I mean, I was very fortunate because he was really hands off. Um, but he was hands on when I needed him to be. And, and so, yeah, it was, I saw a different side of my dad that I never saw growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel really, you know, I was blessed to be able to see that side of him. Um, but man, it was just an amazing experience. And so we, I stayed on, we grew at about 60% a year for 10 years, you know, I eventually became a partner and, uh, we sold in 2005. Mm. And, um, after that, I worked for the company that bought us for three years. And then I, uh, I transitioned, you know, I, um, I had to do something different. I actually, I shouldn't say that I'm downplaying it a bit. I moved from Northern California, where I was born and raised to uh, the Denver, Colorado area with my wife. Mm-hmm. And I was still working for the company that bought us. The company that bought us was a public company. When we got bought, it wasn't just our company that was bought. We had actually partnered with other distributors throughout the country. We each had our own territories. And at the time, business was very strong and people wanted to get into our market. And so all 12 distributors got bought and rolled up. Mm. So that was a huge learning experience as well. I got to see some things that I would never see. Um, 
and I learned a ton. Well, I moved with the company. This was 2008, 2009. We all know what happened. You know what happened yep. in the real estate market at that point. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> man, it was, they, they freaked out. You know, they were looking at how can we manage our financials on a quarterly basis to keep shareholders happy. And in 2009, they closed 30% of the branch locations. Oh, wow. I got laid off. Mm-hmm. So I got laid off by the company that bought us, uh, <laughs> which is not as uncommon as you might think. Um, um, they did me a favor at the time. I was not happy. I needed to do something different, kind of force my hand. And so I, uh, you know, I, I had to shift gears. Mm-hmm. And I had always been interested in real estate. So you're going to find this part of the conversation oh, yeah. pretty interesting. <laughs> I had always been interested in real estate, you know, especially from an investment standpoint. And I was sure. like, gosh, I need, you know, let's just shift gears completely. I'll learn, I'll learn real estate and see where this takes me. You know, a lot of people are like, God, what are you doing in 2009, 2010, getting into real estate? But there's opportunity in every market in that market. It was short sales, you know, mm-hmm. people were going into foreclosure, you know, so you're either working with banks, selling foreclosed properties, or you're do- selling short sales, working with the bank to get them to approve the sale of the property. So right. that's what I did. I got involved in short sales. I started knocking on doors for houses that were in foreclosure and I started getting listings from that. How interesting. And wow. It was, yeah. and you're uh, right that with every, you know, I think it's really interesting. You say that because in every circumstance, there's opportunity. And yes. so it's just what, how, how you choose to look at the situation um, and, you know, seeing that opportunity, but also at that time too, I mean, they're just, there weren't as many agents around, you know, so you, there was no. also less competition in some ways when you look at it from that perspective, you know? Yeah. So, but anyway, go ahead. There was, you. but it was, um, yeah. So it's, I look, I put myself outside my comfort zone every day when I was doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got to a point where I was just, I was getting burned out. I was not enjoying what I was doing. And it got to a point where I was waking up every day and I'm like, Oh my God, I have to do this all over again. And that was a stark contrast for me between real estate and when I was in distribution. When I was in distribution, it, I, it felt honestly like I did not work. Mm. I, I loved it so much. And I was just, every day was a new learning experience. And I'm like, man, I, I love this. And when you, if you've ever had that experience, it is an amazing experience that not a lot of people get to enjoy. And so when I was nearing the end of my time in real estate, just getting to the point where I was like, God, I'm dreading this. I have to do something different. There's no point in owning a business that you are not loving. And so I took a step back at that point and, you know, started thinking about, you know, where my skill sets were, what I really enjoyed doing, what I loved about distribution. Like, can I take some of those aspects and, you know, get them in something else? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I started looking at getting involved in, in marketing. Um, and so I shifted gears into marketing. What I'm doing today in marketing is different than what I was doing initially, you know, so as people have seen, as we talk about this, my path has not been straight. It's been winding. It's how most people's entrepreneurial experience is. Um, you just, you have to be open to change and open to shifting, uh, and I've never had much of a challenge with that. So um, <laughs> that's it in a nutshell. I'm sure you probably have some questions. <laughs> yeah, no. So I love that. First of all, I love too that you said 
um, this is going way back to the beginning, but that you weren't an entrepreneur at the very, like in, in childhood. Cause it's interesting before even our call, I was thinking like, was I an entrepreneur when I was younger? And the answer was no, I really yeah. wasn't. I was very driven. Yeah. Um, I was always really driven to do yeah. really well and excel in any class or anything that I was a part of, but definitely did not see myself and didn't really have the confidence, quite frankly, to, um, that I would say, you know, I was an entrepreneur from childhood yeah. now. So, um, it's interesting. So just, I'm going to dissect some of the things that you, know, you just mentioned in the story, right? So going back to when you were working with your dad and you were building yep. that business, were you doing it with the, did you have an end game in sight? Like was the, was the end goal to actually build it and sell it? Or how did that opportunity come about? No. So, um, I, I mean, I would love to say I was that forward thinking. I was not, I was just, I was living in the moment and I was enjoying the process. Uh, and, you know, like I said, I, I mean, because I was the first full-time employee, I was doing everything. I mean, I was selling, I was paying bills, I was shipping, I, you know, I was doing marketing, I was doing it all. And um, because we, you know, I, I just kept hiring people and hiring people. It was, um, I just, I learned a ton by doing that. And I was exposed to all the different aspects of the business, not just one. And so, you know, I didn't, early on, I wasn't even a partner. I was just, it was a job for me. It was, a, it was a great job. And it was one that I really enjoyed because I was getting to work with my dad. But, um, you know, we never, we didn't really talk about the end goal all that much. You know, mm -hmm. I knew that at some point my dad was going to retire. So, you know, I mean, maybe at some point he was going to retire and, and I was going to be able to continue that legacy. Um, but I, you know, I was in my early twenties. I mean, I wasn't really thinking about that at that point. Sure. But when our business really started growing, um, I was having a conversation with somebody about this the other day. There were a few things that really propelled our growth. Mm -hmm. um, one, we took a very value-added approach to our business. So we always took the approach that if we can help our, you know, in distribution, we were we referred to them as dealers. You know, they were dealers, and if we could help our dealers grow their business, our business would naturally grow as a result of that. Mm. So we were very educational based. We did a lot of trainings, a lot of workshops to help them. Some of it was on the products we were selling, but some of it was just on like, how do you run a business? Mm. You know, a lot of these, a lot of our dealers were, they were, they were hobbyists, right? Enthusiasts. They loved the product and they were great at their craft, but they weren't necessarily the best business people. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if we could do things to help them get better and help them get more efficient and grow, they were naturally going to buy more stuff from us. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing that was a huge key for us. The other thing was relationships. Um, you know, we talk about relationships and the importance of relationships in business. Um, for us, it was, you know, my dad had been a rep for 30 plus years he had amazing relationships with other reps across the country. And that's how we ended up getting involved and partnering with other distributors across the country. It was those relationships 
And we got invited into this opportunity because of those relationships that he had initially. Mm-hmm. But it was those relationships. Once we got together and partnered together, it was, it was like a huge mastermind. Mm. All, we're all in the same business, but we weren't competing directly. All we cared about was, hey, how can we help drive each other forward and do better and greater things? Mm-hmm. And that was huge because there were people of, you know, that we were a smaller distributor because we were in a smaller market. So there were people that were like two, three years ahead of us. All we had to do was ask and they would help us avoid the roadblocks and the speed bumps that they hit. Mm. But the other thing, when we banded together, it allowed, it gave us strength in numbers Mm. because we were now able to go to very large manufacturers that probably would not have spoken to us individually, but collectively we were able to go to them and say, Hey, we, we service this specific market. It is very, it's small. It's fractured. A lot of our dealers work out of their house. They don't advertise. They work out of commercial facilities. You can't call on these people as a manufacturer Mm -hmm. uh, efficiently. We have nationwide distribution. We train our dealers. We can give you nation. We can give you instant access to this market across the U S immediately. Wow. And that allowed us to bring, start bringing on a lot of large manufacturers that started to drive volume significantly. Got it. Those were the keys to why our business grew. Now, when your business is growing in an average of 60% a year, if you don't have your stuff together, the wheels come off very fast. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we had to do a lot of work to, you know, you have to do a lot of strategic planning. You know, it's like, hey, we're growing at X amount a year. Do we have enough warehouse space to handle all this? You know, what kind right. of people do we need to hire to stay ahead of this? Because if you can't, man, the business is there, but you don't have the infrastructure and the people to support it. So there were a lot of things behind the scenes, but what really drove the volume and the revenue were those things that I just touched on. No, that's so good. And I think, you know, just process wise, because I mean, you had mentioned it was just you to start and then, you know, you kind of grew from there. So were these conversations that you were um, like as a, as a solo, you know, business owner, or then, you know, with a partner with your dad, yeah. were those conversations you were having with him? Were yes. those like quarterly meetings you got, you know, how often did you meet to kind of evaluate those? And, and did he you and set I talked, those goals as the top? Yeah, we talked consistent, I mean, all the time about mm. it, but then we also had the opportunity with our other distributor partners. We met with our distributor partners every quarter. So we, those were real, those meetings were very strategic, Mm -hmm. um, about where things were headed and what was happening. And, um, uh, you know, the, you had asked about like the sale, yeah, the sale of our business started coming up after we partnered with our other distributor partners, because we actually had companies starting to approach us that wanted to buy the collective company. Um, Got it. And so that's how that came up. Um, and, you know, honestly, I think for a lot of the distributor st- distributors that were involved, the first time that conversation came up, you know, may have actually been the first time that they actually thought about it. They're like, oh my gosh, we collectively, we have something really strong here that we can sell if we want to. 
Mm -hmm. You know, now trying to get 12 different distributors with multiple partners on the same page. Right. Um, that's a feat in that, itself. <laughs> that's a feat in and of itself. That's right. That's uh, right. Because we, you know, you couldn't just, everybody had to be happy. Sure. Uh, you know, um, and so that was, that was an interesting process, but yeah, that's, that's kind of how it came about. Yeah, no, that's, that's so um, interesting. And I'm always interested in that process too. Like, how do you, because there's a lot of smaller businesses that sometimes just um, have a difficult time. They're just managing the business day to day. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like, how do you take a step back and look for, at the macro? Like, okay, I can, I can be in the weeds here, but like, I don't really, that's not a good place to live. Right. Yeah. Especially yeah. when you're looking at overall, like where do you want to go? What can, how do you see the, the forest through the trees, you know? Yeah. So. Well, and, you know, looking back on that experience, um, I have more understanding of that now than I did when I was in it. And mm -hmm. I think it is so important for us as entrepreneurs to figure out, you know, where do we like, where do we want to go and what do we want out of our business? Mm -hmm. You know, we all want different things, you know, and we all see, you know, we see the, the, you know, the high level, high profile entrepreneurs building large businesses, you know, doing all these great things. And, th and that's awesome but we shouldn't feel like we need to do that. If that's not what you want to do, it's totally okay. Yeah. You know, you don't have to be this hard charging, you know, hustle doing all this stuff. I'm building this huge company that I'm going to sell for multiple, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars, man, we don't all want that. And that's okay. Yeah. You know, totally. But we need to have an idea of what we want out of our business, where we want to take it, because that's going to help you make wise decisions from a day-to-day -day basis. You know, that's your guidepost. That's your framework that you can use to make those decisions. You know, because a lot of times people, like if you want to sell your business, that's awesome, right? But if you want to maximize the money you make from the sale of that business, you can't pull every dollar out of it and show no profit right. for multiple years in a row. Nobody is going to want to buy that for right. a reasonable amount of money. So there are give and take things that we need to look at depending on what you want out of your business. You can't have everything, right? right. So, you know, you just, once you know that, then you can make good decisions that are going to benefit you in the long term. Yeah, exactly. Just, you know, having an understanding of what it is, you, like, a, like you said, having an understanding for what you want out of the business. And, and it doesn't have to be this, like you mentioned, you know, a good life could be a sustainable income for you and being able to spend time with the family. And I mean, everybody's version of that is so different. Yeah. And so I think one of the things that I wanted to talk to you a little bit about, because you'd mentioned, you know, when you got into the real estate side and you just weren't happy. And so you, you know, missed kind of that, your former business and, and you missed the challenges that you had with that. And you knew that something needed to change. And number one, I think that there's a lot of our listeners sometimes that, that may relate to that, that may be in a job right now that they're not quite sure is the right fit for them, or it's not inspiring their soul. And Hey, I mean, the name of this podcast is soul inspiring business. So, you know, we yeah. want to help people find a business that aligns with who you're meant to be in the world and aligns with, you know, using your gifts in a really high way. But 
what does that actually mean? Like tactically, like how do you go about trying to figure that out? And so for you, you know, what did that process look like of self-discovery, so to speak, of trying to figure out, well, I know I'm not happy in this, but what do I want to do? Yeah. So I, I don't think there's any one right way to do this, but um, I can tell you how I've done it and I can, because I've done it multiple times. Um, and so it's, you know, for me, it's one, it's trying to figure, you need to first, you need to have self-awareness, right? You need to understand what drives you. Um, and frankly, what drives you changes. What I want now is totally different than what I wanted in my early twenties. Mm-hmm. And that's, a, and that's totally okay. Uh, right. But I have to have the self-awareness to know that because that's going to impact what I choose to do. So, you know, at first I, I've got, you, you have to have self-awareness, but then you also have to understand, like, the, what are you good at? Mm-hmm. You know I mean? Like when I was a kid, like, you know, people would always talk about, oh, you know, you've got to, you know, you got to be able to multitask and, you know, balance all these different things. And, you know, you've got to build up your weaknesses. And I think most of us have gotten to the point um, where we now see that that's, I don't think that's the best way to do things. We all have weaknesses. Why do we need to get better at our weaknesses? Let's get better at our strengths and have other people pick up where we, where we're not good. Um, So understanding that too, and understanding what you're great at, you have to be, you have to be confident. You have to have enough confidence to be able to ask people and hear the truth. Yeah. Because sometimes what you hear may not be what you want to hear, but you have to be open to receiving that. And so, you know, when I've done this in the past, I've asked people that know me personally and professionally, you know, Hey, I'm doing some work. I'm trying to really figure out what things I'm great at and what things I'm not Mm -hmm. based on our experiences. Like, what do you, like, what do you see me doing really well that like, I just don't even think about it, right? Like the things we do great, we have a hard time seeing sometimes because we don't even think about it. Just like, like I told you, I was a math major. I, I don't even think about some of this stuff. It's like, people ask me, well, how do you do that? Well, I start writing this down. They're like, wait a minute, how'd you do that again? Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, you didn't get that? I don't think about that because it just happens naturally. Sure. And so we have to ask people for that feedback. The other thing that has been helpful for me too is there are a host of personality assessments and profiles out there. I don't know how many I've taken, probably five to seven. There's tons, but every time I take a different one, I always pick up something else. Mm -hmm. Um, And they also, there's overlap. And where you see that overlap, to me, that's where you really start to hone in. It's like, okay, I'm seeing the same theme come up over and over and over again. Well, now you have a better understanding of what you're like and where your skills are, right? But to me, when you're working in your gifts, it, it, you enjoy it. It's, it's effortless. Yeah. You're efficient. You're good at it, right? You get people results and you have other people telling you that you're great at it. Yeah. Yeah. And when you can hone in on those things, then you can start to look at, okay, what do I need to do in my business to be working in my gifts at least most of the time? Uh, you know, 
as a business owner, I don't know if you can be working in your gifts all the time, um, but most of the time you should be able to do that as long as you're aware of it and you start to build your business around that. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's amazing. And it sounds like, have you ever read the book Strength Finders? Yes. Yes. Okay. okay yeah, so that's one like, of the books. Yes. <laughs> that's I one of the that ones book. that I've done. Uh, yeah, yeah. I actually did Strength Finders when I was in real estate. So when I was in real estate, Strength Finders was really popular at the time, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Um, that's about the time. The other one that's coming to mind too is, and I can't remember it, but the guy talked up, it was like the Serengeti, right? And so everybody, you were, you fall into like an animal. Um, and I'm trying to remember, I think I was like a strategic lion. If I Oh, I don't correctly. know that one. I'll have uh, to gosh, I wish I could remember the guy's name, but yeah, it's like, so everybody, you know, you get lumped into a, you're an animal. All right. Um, interesting. Yeah. So tons to learn from that. If you're having a hard time really honing in on what you're great at. Yeah. Take assessments, ask people and just start to, and be open to what is there. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's huge. And, and I always think I I do really believe that, um, God, the universe, whatever, you know, you want to call it, but if you ask, you know, you'll start to get some feedback. Like if you just say, where am I meant to be in the world? I'm having a tough time understanding and then be open to seeing, you know, the conversations that come up around you, the conversations that, you know, but, um, I think it's all in the exploration of it for anybody that's in that space. And I think that, you know, you gave some really great advice there. So, um, thank you. Yeah. So, so you've, you've done this, so you've gone on your, your, your company now, Rialto Marketing, uh, you know, talk to us more about how you're helping people and, and how that kind of business got started. So you, you found that, yeah, I'm really good at these things. I did this with my previous business. So that correlated to marketing. (laughs) Yeah. So I, based on my experience, I knew how to run a business. I knew all the inner workings, right? I, I, you have to have sales, you have to have marketing to grow a business. Uh, otherwise you're going to have a really hard time. Um, what I loved about distribution too, is it was dynamic. It was changing. Things were constantly evolving and marketing is the same way. It's just not, it's not static. It it is always changing. Um, and so that's what initially led me into marketing. When I first got involved in marketing, we were actually only selling mobile apps. So mobile apps were really popular at the time. They were becoming very popular. And so I saw that opportunity. I was like, cool, this is new. This is exciting. Um, I'm going to jump into this. And so we were selling mobile applications into the K-12 education space. So we were selling them to schools. They were using them as a communication tool. Um, you know, you still to this day, not quite as much, but for the most part, if you try to go to a school website on your phone, it's a disaster. There's too much stuff there. Some of them are still not mobile friendly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just can't find what you want when all you're like, all I want to do is look at the calendar. Right. All I want to do what's is look schedule? at the staff directory. Yeah. Right. What's the schedule? What's on the lunch menu today? I don't want to go through eight clicks to try and find it. And 10 minutes later, I still can't find it. So right. that's what we were doing. Two years into that, two and a half or so, 
Apple changed their publishing guidelines, which significantly impacted people like me. I was using an app building platform and there were a bunch of them out there. Well, overnight, all these app building platforms all of a sudden could not publish on Apple. Hmm. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is a horrible place to be. Um, and I took a step back and I was like, look, I, my business is heavily tied to the, the policies of Apple and Google. They don't care about me. Mm-hmm. Um, they could literally, my business, I could work on this for 10 years, build a huge business that has tons of recurring revenue and my business could be gone overnight because of a policy change. I am not going to do that. So I put the brakes on and I shifted again, still within marketing, but I, that's when I started, you know, I said, look, I w- used to work with a lot of small business owners. I love doing that. I need to get more involved in more comprehensive, holistic marketing services and start to shift out of mobile apps. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I did. And that's what we're doing today. So today, you know, our ideal clients tend to be service-based professionals. They're, you know, they're, so they're entrepreneurs that are selling their expertise, coaches, consultants, professional service providers. So it could be, you know, mortgage brokers, you know, attorneys, CPAs, architects, designers, those types of people. We help them simplify marketing so that they can grow with less stress. And we do that by helping them create and implement a plan to communicate the right message to the right people. So we, we really focus on the fundamentals of marketing. Mm-hmm. The fundamentals in any discipline do not change. Marketing is no different, but it's so easy to skip the fundamentals in marketing because there's all these channels. There's all these tactics within those channels. There's no shortage of gurus going, hey, Kara, you've got to be on Clubhouse. You have to be there. If you don't go there now, you are totally going to miss the window. And, you know, if I don't have a plan, FOMO sets in and I'm like, oh my God, I've got to go to Clubhouse, right? And I'm a squirrel chasing a nut and I just spin my wheels. Well, that's a horrible place to be. I don't want people to be in that place. So we focus on the fundamentals, getting them in place, right? You've got to understand your target market. You have to have great messaging and you have to have a plan of how you're going to get that message in front of those people. Mm-hmm. And then we can, from there, we can help them manage and implement that plan on an ongoing basis, right? So think of us like the architect and the general contractor, but we are not the electrician putting in the wiring. Right. So we're not doing your social media. We can guide you on it. We can put you in the plan, but I'm not creating posts for you. Right. Got it. Yeah. That's what I find a lot of business owners need. They need those outside eyes and that guidance and somebody that's driving the plan. Yeah. Because what a lot of business owners are doing is they either don't have a plan or they may have a loosely based plan and they're working with a web person and they're working with an SEO person and they got a social person here and they're doing content they're managing these three or four people and they have no idea what those people should be doing. And so their plan becomes totally disjointed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's where we come into play and help them with that. Most marketing problems you can trace back to a fundamental. Hmm. I, I mean, I think that's, that's really huge. And, and I think that you're right that a lot of times people don't have a plan. And so then, you know, and I know, you know, too, from being in real estate, right? Like 
real estate agents get sold so much. And I know yes. a lot of, you know, other industries are like that too, but it's always about like the shiny object, like, oh, yeah. do this and you'll automatically get, you know, 20, 50 to 50 leads a month or whatever it is. Yes. And then you pay it's like this thousands silver of dollars. Bullet. Yeah. It's right? the silver it's, bullet. Yes. Be wary of the silver it, bullet. Yeah. I can tell That's you right, right it's now. It's a silver bullet that is going to solve all your problems, right? And that happens. Which is great all, marketing. <laughs> it is, but we 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 should know better at this point. Yeah. Okay. Agreed. There is no silver bullet. And frankly, there is no one marketing tactic that is going to change your business for forever. Yeah. Right. It's it's all of it coming together and doing it consistently and working a plan. That's what changes things. Yeah. But when you're battling information overload and you're trying all of these different tactics and nothing seems to be working, it's so easy to fall for that and go, oh, yeah, I've got to be on TikTok. That's, right. the, that's where I need to be. That's going to be my silver bullet. Man, we, it's just, it's, it's not that way. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, that, it's that fear of missing out. It's, it's short-term thinking. Yeah. Right. We need to think long term as entrepreneurs. If we think short term, we make really bad decisions. Yeah. Um, so we need to be we need to be patient. We need to think long term and we need to implement and execute on a plan. And no plan is perfect. Right. right. Just because you put a plan together doesn't mean that that's going to be your savior either. The plan you start with is not going to be the plan that you end with. But. Any plan is better than no plan because when you have no plan, everything looks like an opportunity. Right. I, I think that's so true. And, you know, I used to coach agents as a broker. And so, um, you know, one of the things that I saw a lot too is that, you know, they try one thing and then it didn't work that one time. So then they switch to the next and, yeah. you know, you have to have a plan, um, and have some, you know, your top channels that you're going to try and be consistent yep. with it over time and monitor results. But you can't expect to, you know, blank, you know, mail a certain mailing to one community, not get a hit. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're, it's a failure and you abort the plan altogether, right. you know? Yeah. So, and you'll have to excuse to our, our listeners right now, of course, they're deciding to mow right outside at the time. So sorry about the <laughs> background noise there right outside the window here. Anyway, uh, it's all good. I can't hear it. So I don't know. Okay. Well, hopefully, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll be good. But, um, but yeah, no, I think that's great. I think, uh, what you're doing, there's a real need for it for people to, because sometimes when you are a solo shop or you're a solo business owner too, it's, it's helpful to, you know, if marketing isn't your strength, you know, I think one of the other things that we do as entrepreneurs is we try to do it all. And it's good. Like you had said, you know, know your strengths, know when you need to outsource to yeah. somebody that's an expert that can help you because, you know, otherwise it gets put to the back burner and among all the other things, it just doesn't get done, you know? Yeah. So, um, so I'm always interested to, you know, especially in, in, with just all of our, our guests, uh, how do you find inspiration or do you have a, grounding practice or, a, a you know, something that you do daily to try to, um, stay grounded or for inspiration. I, I'm curious. Yeah. So, um, I'll touch on a couple things there. I, one, I do five days, 
five days a week during the weekdays, I always get up first thing in the morning, five o'clock. Now it's 445 because of my schedule. Um, and I meditate, I exercise, and I always have a good breakfast, right? That is my time. Nobody else in my household is up at that time. Mm-hmm. So it is the one time a day that I have absolute peace and quiet and time to myself. Um, and, you know, a lot of people, I think, fall into the trap where they're like, gosh, you know, sometimes if I'm getting time to myself, I feel like I'm being selfish. I've never felt that way because, man, if I don't take care of myself, I'm not going to be a good dad or a good husband or a good, you know, a good person to work with. Right. I got to take care of myself so that I can serve everybody else that's in my life. Yep. So I've never felt bad about that. Um, so that's one thing that I do every day. Um, from an inspirational standpoint, um, you know, you kind of touched on this, uh, and I touched on this as well. Like, I was all, I am super disciplined. Like, I don't need somebody to tell me you need to do this. Once I have committed to something, I will do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so as an entrepreneur, I've never had much problem with that, which does help me tremendously. Mm-hmm. Um, because when I put a plan in place, I will execute on it. There's just, it will get done. Um, so that does serve me well. So I don't necessarily need a ton of inspiration on a day-to-day basis, but you know, man, we got a winding road here. Like you hit, you hit roadblocks and, you know, sometimes we all have crap days, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like, God, really? I can't, be-, you know? So there are times where, yeah, I hit a roadblock and I'm like, oh man, I, I gotta take a step back. Right. And so, yes, I do find inspiration. I, I do, I don't journal in the traditional sense. I write down thoughts when they come to me, you know? Mm -hmm. So if I see a quote that just really resonates with me, I put it, I got a, I got a black book and I put it in there. Um, and so sometimes I will go back to that and just look at it, you know, and sometimes I'll, you know, I'll write down thoughts. Like if I had something happen in a day and I just don't want to forget that I'll write that down. And so I do sometimes go back to that and just read through it. Mm-hmm. And that helps give me inspiration, um, you know, and then I just do my best to surround myself with people that I enjoy being around that make me feel good and empower me. Yeah. And I actually think that's one of the, the biggest things that people can do that for themselves is to surround yourself. I've been kind of thinking about this a lot and, um, you know, really wanting to surround myself with soul aligned people in my life, you know, whether that's business partners, whether that's clients, whether that's family and friends, you know, just spending more time with the people that lift me up and being, and, you know, clients, like there's a, there's a commonality among some of the clients that, you know, are drawn to me and I'm drawn to, and those tend to just be better fits, you know? And, um, so I think that that's a, a big, part as well as making sure that your five, you know, what's that quote? You're, yeah. The five people that you spend the most time with, right. Right. You are the, right. You are the, the, the culmination of the five people you spend the most time with. Yeah. Right. And I think that is, it is so true. Yeah. Um, I think the other thing too, that is really important for entrepreneurs is, you know, if you're married or, you know, you've got a partner or a significant other, man, they need, they need to be on board. Like if they are not in it hundred percent, it is going to cause challenges. 
um, mm. because man, it's, if being an entrepreneur was easy, everybody would do it. It's not. Um, but man, the, I just, the freedom, the, you know, building something that, you know, you can look back on for me, that's just, that's why I do it, but it's not easy. And if your partner or your significant other is not on board with that, you are going to butt heads and it's going to cause problems. And I just, it's hard enough running the business. You don't, you don't want to have to deal with that on top of it. No, you're, you're spot on on that. I think I definitely couldn't do what I do, um, without my husband. He is like the rock that, that keeps me grounded and, and, you know, inspires me and supports me and all of that. And I'm so grateful for that. And, um, now did your partner, did, did they always support you or how did that, Yeah, is that a conversation you had pre marriage? My (laughs) wife, well, like when I met my wife, I was already, you know, I was already doing my own thing. So Mm -hmm. she knew that, um, and she's just always been super supportive. I mean, I just, there's no other way to put it. I mean, she never doubts. She never questions. She's just like, yeah, do, you know, do what you need to do. Yeah. And um, I just can't imagine what it would be like if it was different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It would be no. much harder. And I think that's something that even if you, for me, I was already kind of doing my thing when I met my husband. So kind of similar thing. But I think for people that maybe, are, don't have that partnership yet, or, you know, it's a really key thing, I think in relationships to talk through, like if you're either, because, you know, they, there is a lot of give and take as there always is in every relationship. But like when you're an entrepreneur or business owner, there, there is a little bit of a, a different thing to it that you've got to be on, you know, on the same page and be, and know what that is going in. So, um, and the other thing that I love that you mentioned is, so I've got a morning routine as well. And I find that almost everyone I talk to has some version of that. So it's always just interesting to get, um, you know, your, your routine or whatever it is that, that you do. Um, but I do find a commonality that that window of time in the morning before the household wakes up before, you know, when you've really got time by yourself, it's such a, it really sets the tone for the day is what I found. And when I don't do it, I, my day is not the same, you know? So, um, if you haven't done that before listeners and you're thinking of one thing to, to implement, I mean, that's a big one. It's huge. And once you, once you get in the habit like, I don't even think about it, you know, like you just touch, like, I don't feel right. If I don't do it, mm-hmm. it's never a thought I'm not getting up going, Oh God, I got to do this. I'm getting up and I'm looking forward to it. And I don't, I can't remember who I, I think I got this when I was in real estate. Um, you know, Gary Keller talking about how long it takes to form a habit, depending on who you listen to, it's, you know, 30 to 60 days, somewhere in that window if you can do something consistently for that 30 to 60 day window, it becomes a habit. And once you have a habit, you don't even think twice about it. You just do it. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, well, this has been such a fun conversation. I really appreciate your time and I want, um, you to tell our listeners, you know, if they want to learn more about you, 
um, where can they go? How can they best reach out to you and get in touch? Yeah, the best place is our website, which is rialtomarketing.com. So that's R-I-A-L-T-O marketing.com. Put some resources together for your listeners on some of these fundamentals that we started talking about. So if they go to rialtomarketing.com forward slash, and I believe it's soul dash inspiring dash business. There's some free resources there. If you want to connect with me personally, the best place is LinkedIn. Um, and it's linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Tim P as in Paul Fitzpatrick. Awesome. And we'll include all of that in the show notes and thank you cool. for that awesome gift. So for our listeners, you know, Tim put these, this gift together for you. Um, you don't have to opt in. You just go some, you go to this website, you get free resources just for you. And that's such a gift and a treat. And I really appreciate you taking the time to do that for us. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to help. Yeah. So, well, thank you again and, um, and look forward to staying connected. I really appreciate your time. Yes. Thanks so much, Kara. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I wanted to share a few of my own takeaways. So number one, I really appreciate Tim explaining some of the ways he propelled the growth of his company. And that is through a value-added approach. When we give more than we receive, we open to something special. Now, his focus has been on creating strong relationships and helping other companies grow by offering free education, training, and resources. It's a tried-and-true way to pave a path of success in any business. Now, two, Tim reminded us to take time for the big picture. And before making any decision, know what you want out of your business and where you want to take it. Begin with the big goal in mind and return to that often. And lastly, don't forget to grab your free gift. It's in the show notes below. It's all about how to craft a great message, how to streamline your marketing and create a really great strategy to attract soul aligned clients. And it's at www.rialtomarketing.com. That's R-I-A-L-T-O marketing.com forward slash soul dash inspiring dash business. So check it out now. The purpose of this podcast is really to help you figure out the right business that aligns with who you're meant to be in the world. When you align yourself in a business that lifts you up with joy and purpose, it doesn't mean every day will be easy, but the days do seem to go by a little quicker when you're on purpose. Wishing you a beautiful day. Until next time. I'm Kara, and you've been listening to Soul Inspiring Business. If you found this helpful, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And if you feel so bold, share with others as well. Thanks again for listening. I look forward to growing together.